Welcome to Pop Reels. On this episode, I'll be covering 2022's Don't Worry Darling, directed by Olivia Wilde and written by Katie Silberman, Shane Van Dyke, and Carrie Van Dyke. Stay tuned. The plot summary for Don't Worry Darling is as follows. A 1950s housewife living with her husband in a utopian experimental community begins to worry that his glamorous company could be hiding disturbing secrets. On this episode of Pineapple Reels, I will be joined by Steve. You can find him on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. I have all this information in the little bio if you want to go ahead and give him a follow. Um, and I just want to say thank you to Steve for joining me on this episode and long breakdown, but very well, much needed breakdown of Don't Worry Darling. That is the sound of the spoiler alert. If you have not watched this film yet and you would like to, go ahead and pause this, watch the film, and then come on back. Steve, overall, what did you think of the film Don't Worry Darling? And when you saw the trailer, did you have any certain expectations? Um, I'm going to be completely honest. I really felt like when I saw the trailer, there was much more to expect. Um, I thought it was going to be, um, I don't know, like a little bit more intelligent as a film, not saying that it's like a not, not a smart film and I don't want to discredit like the director or anything, but like when we were like watching the movie, like overall, I would say that the film kind of just had this tone of like, I know what's going to happen next. Like, this is giving me vibes of something that's, that I've seen before. And um, in a lot of ways, uh, I think the film of Stepford Wives and The Matrix. Um, but, you know, I think it was cool. It was all right. Like, if I was to give it, like, a rating in stars, I would probably give it, like, a six out of ten because they tried they tried hard but um yeah would you would you watch it again or is it a one-time watch you don't need to watch it again oh, that's a one-time watch i'm not going back to that <laughs> like so all honesty you don't think it has rewatch value no not really like if you want to go back and you want to like try to find like the the little things that they put into like the script maybe like the mannerisms that the actors had and like to just get an explanation of what's really going on or just digging deeper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say go watch it again. But as far as it being an intelligent film, like a film that challenges you every time that you see it, because we've seen, um, you know, psychological thrillers like this before. Right. Um, mm-hmm. When you have films like um, Inception, Inception, you have to go back and watch Inception multiple times because Inception had so much in there. And, you know, it just left you guessing all the way. But, you know, that's Christopher Nolan. Um, And that's, you know, a lot of his films are that way. Like, it just leaves you guessing. But, you know, a film like this, it's like it tried to reach that um, pinnacle of, oh, well, you know, I'm a psychological thriller and I want people to, like, really you know, dive deep every time they watch me. Um, it just didn't, it didn't reach that for me. Okay, so for me, whenever I saw the trailer, 
I was like, ooh, a psychological thriller, which that's my jam with movies. Any type of genre, but make it add the psychological thriller uh, aspect to it. Right. Um, so with this one, yeah, excited for the trailer. Florence Pugh has had a great, in my opinion, great acting career, good acting chops. And that's truly who I was going for because I really liked her in Midsommar. Um, Olivia Wilde, I think she's a good actress too. This is only her like sophomore film. And I had this thing with when someone directs first or writes versus directing and writing like a Quentin Tarantino or Christopher Nolan that they had the duality to do both. And I feel like it's hard for a director to bring a writer's vision to life if they're not a writer themselves. I think some directors have that challenge. And I don't know if you know this, but this this movie it went through multiple hands and multiple rewrites when different directors were attached to it and i don't and also it's like what based on a book as well too so i don't know why things got so changed and shifted and when i after i watched it when i looked at the little trivia about it and found out that the characters were different than what they when they're supposed to be like like frank in particular he's supposed to be a lot more violent Mm -hmm. um like the, when you read the book or read the little, the scripts, brings us like this violent, abusive husband. And I don't know why they, they softened it. Maybe they didn't think Harry Styles could be that kind of person or didn't want to paint him as that person. You mean Frank or Jack? Sorry, Jack, not Frank, Jack. Okay. Um, I don't, maybe they thought Harry Styles couldn't convey that emotion, but I think there's a power in, if you take someone like Harry Styles who, he has this, you know, boy with charm kind of appeal, and you make him this ugly, violent character, <laughs> it's not expected, so it's more shock value. Like, right. Zac Efron, whenever he played uh, Ted Bundy, right. it was a shock value of, whoa, I've never seen Zac Efron act, act like this, but it gave you more respect for him to be a character so far removed from himself. Right. Um, so, but I, 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 I agree with you. It it did give Stephen Wise vibes, obviously, um, and it wasn't the Matrix. I was thinking about some other movie that it reminded me of, but it it felt like they were trying to imitate other movies so much where it didn't give itself its own um, shine. It just it just showed off more like imitating other films and and uh, writing not not writing styles, director styles, where it wasn't so much like, oh, this is so different. Um, it's kind of more like, okay, another psychological thriller horror have wow factor. Like, um, there, I feel like there was a lot, like a lot of buildup for scenes or like they'll have a suspenseful part in the movie and then it cuts to something basic and mundane and it takes a long time to build it up again. You know, right. like whenever, uh, Alice was realizing that her reality was breaking around her with the whole, uh, when she was on the trolley and saw that plane crash right and you know her reality was jolted and then it just goes right back to regular mundane life and i was like oh so you built me up again and then you just dropped it and so it happened so much throughout the film where whenever they had this seemingly so big reveal it's not as much of a gut punch as if they did it they did it like halfway in the movie or the mm-hmm. first 30 minutes i think it would have uh had a deeper impact and it would have been more suspenseful if what we saw in the trailer was the first like 30 minutes of the film and flipped upside down completely where maybe the those the, the third act or second half of the film would be 
Alice in reality and what's happening and the aftermath of this. I would have loved that. Like, I felt like it, them cutting it short with her getting out and then they wrote the credits like you shortchanged us. Like the film, you know, it ended it like, if I'm not mistaken, it was like two hours and two minutes. But um, yeah, two hours yeah. and three minutes, excuse me. But um, it ended. I think this film would have um, it would have went from a six to probably eight for me if we got another thirty minutes seeing Alex, Alice trying to fight, you know, whatever is going on in reality, because you know she was in her subconscious the whole time. Um, the whole point that you made about Harry Styles and you know Jack, I think. It's suffer like he suffered like the role that he played, like he's not he's like an American sweetheart or not an American sweetheart, he's just a world sweetheart. Like, you know, this guy made watermelon sugar. Like, what's not to love about Harry Styles, right? He was in a boy band, right? Mm -hmm. You know, he has this image, and I don't think that he was prepared for this role, like to take Shia LaBeouf or Shia LaBeouf to leave the film, right? And he was supposed to play the role of Jack. Like, we've seen Shia La LaBeouf as a Disney kid, and we loved him as that. But he's proven that he can be, um, he can go there, like, with his roles from, like, movies like Nymphomaniac and things of that nature. We've seen that Shia LaBeouf can go there. We, I, it's, it's just not Harry Styles' role. Like, if they were to get rid of Shia LaBeouf, I would have, you know, personally, I would have enjoyed Robert Pattinson to step in for Jack and be Jack. Because oh, that would him. have been perfect if he if Robert Pattinson was in that role, it would have been perfect because and he does great accents, so it would have been really good and believable. Mm -hmm. And he's um and I, and I think too when you look at the actors that are in the film, Harry Styles sticks out like he's been in some films, but I don't know. It's just like I feel like and no no offense to Harry, I like him. I just don't think that this was the role for him. And I mean, when he was angry in the scenes, I liked the anger scenes more than I liked whenever he was like very sweet and docile to, not docile, but very sweet to his wife. I really appreciate like whenever uh, uh, he was yelling at her, like, you know, like you wanted this, I gave this to you. Like, why are you upset? I really liked that. Uh, but I, yeah, I just feel like it just wasn't his role. Or if they would have put Chris Pine as him. Right. It would have been, perfect maybe it was like an age difference i don't know but it would have been more believable that this much older man versus you know florence Pugh's character that he's controlling his wife in that way of like man i missed the good old days like you know whenever i was a kid the way my mom and my dad are interacted or my grandparents interacted right not how women are acting today and that's what i want i want a traditional wife like let's just go back to those values you know um and i i think the you know the drama behind the scenes definitely affected the overall outcome of the movie mm -hmm. maybe if olivia wilde and harry styles weren't intertwined romantically she maybe wouldn't have these rose tinted glasses towards him it could have been like hey let's just like cut the bs like i need you to be more of this and you're not this but like you're saying shia labeouf has this amazing filmography and i think my favorite movie of his is honey boy Right. Uh, the later he said it wasn't, you know, a true depiction of his life, but the way that he played his father in that film. Right. He he was this ugly character, uh -huh. and I wasn't. I didn't see Shaw anymore, and I wasn't rooting for his dad as a character. I was like, I hate this person. He's a bad individual. He's he's so shitty. But like, he's trying to be loving, but it's like I don't have this, you know, desire for you to succeed. 
and mm-hmm. th- and that's how you know an actor who's playing a good role is I can't see you as Shia LaBeouf. I'm seeing you as this foul character. And Harry Styles, he's young in his in his acting career, right? I don't know if he's taking it seriously. Maybe he's thinking he's getting money or mo- more notoriety. But like someone like Florence Pugh, I believe her character. I don't see her as an actor anymore. It feels like I'm watching someone's life. Anytime, anytime with Florence, Florence, Florence um, Pugh, like from Midsummer, from you know her stepping over into the superhero franchise, and you know being in Black Widow, and um, she was the best uh, part of Black Widow, right? (laughs) You know, she was one of the best parts of um Hawkeye, and I just think that you know her as an actress, like she she brings that certain mystique to films, like Margot Robbie does, right? Mm-hmm. You know, she's one of those people that you know if you put her in the film, like she's going to get the part right every time thus far. Like I see your point with Chris Pine probably going into that Jack role, but I, we could have seen like an older person take on the role as Frank and. You know, it, it could have been somebody like challenging, like, you know, one of those um actors that have, um you know, been, you know, through the test of time and, you know, they're still relevant. Like, you know, I know Tom Hanks is a is one of those people who we've always seen him as like a good character in the movie or someone who he's never stepped out of his lane. But I could have seen a Tom Hanks you know, try to play like a person that's in a Tom Hanks type of um or look like a Tom Hanks step in that role. Maybe like a Ray Liotta, um, you know, rest in peace. But yeah. he could have been Frank and he could have played Frank to the T and it would have made everything feel a lot more authentic. I think that the cast was way too young. Um you know, we got all of these um, younger people trying to play like they're in the 1950s, 1940s. You know, the wives come out in the morning. They wave at their husbands while they all, you know, drive in their cars to get to work. And it's like, they're going to work. Where are they working at? We haven't even seen that portion in the film. And I know that but- it was supposed to be secretive, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like... I think the film would have flourished if we've seen all of those parts. Like, let's say um, Alice's character. Um, and it's crazy why her name is Alice because it definitely like gives me like the rabbit hole vibes of like Alice in Wonderland or trying to get out, right? But um, mm-hmm. well, her best friend's name is Bunny, right? I think and, her her husband's a Mad Hatter. Like that makes that makes sense. Or, right. or yeah, and Frank would be like, guess like the queen of hearts. Mm. Anyway, right. go ahead. But I'm just thinking like of like the fact of like getting out, right? And her getting out and her getting herself up out of the bed and seeing everybody around her. But as soon as she wakes up, all the other guys wake up. And she's like tr- in the real world in reality trying to get out of whatever building they're in. And trying to basically break the system down there, you know, bust the system down. Um, or like all of the women, like, you know, uh, Alice finding a way to free all of the women. Because my thing is, the film just felt like um, a bunch of uh, misogynists 
trap their like significant others in a realm to you know play housewife because they couldn't get it in reality we're gonna um we're gonna make this a dream world because this has always been my dream and you know the whole part of jack saying oh you wanted this and all this no she didn't want this she just wanted rest you know it wasn't it wasn't all about you know how can she please you you know it was more so of she had a stressful job you so you then made it her a, a stay-at-home wife, and then you tried to control her in ways that you couldn't control her in the actual real world, and that's what sucked about the film. But I just felt like, you know, Alice being the protagonist of the film, I felt like she should have like burned all the walls down. Like that would have that would have been like pleasing to me. But her running to just get to a point and get out of there, it's like. I don't know, like it, it, it was like it was, it missed its mark, and that's one part I think that me and you we've had um conversations before about like books to film, and the books are always better than the film, um, and that's true, like in a lot of ways, right? But um, I just feel as if if we're going to like stick to the source material. The way that we need to stick to the source material, you need to start making, if you're going to take a book from a film, people should take notes from like Zack Snyder. Now, I know the Watchmen or Watchmen is not the most, um, because a lot of these films that I'm mentioning are Warner Brothers films, but um, people should take notes from um, Zack Snyder because he stayed true to the content of the comic book and how people acted now they may have changed a few things like you know instead of like the the squids and the alien squid portals opening up and stuff like that they probably switched it up a little bit in the film but when it comes down to like you know just source material and how it looks and how people are portrayed and what actors like that's what you do have control of and i feel like maybe this was not a film that olivia wilde should have you know, adapted. I don't think you know her as as her being as young as she is. It, I I could I, and it's it's like I'm not trying to shortchange her, but I feel like maybe um this film would have benefited if we had someone who was a lot you know older and you know kind of you know was alive to see this time period of you know stay at home wives and things of that nature and Betty homemaker. And then the husband that goes to work, but he comes home, get drunk, and then he's very violent. Like, I felt like that would have helped the movie a, a little bit more. I don't think it's an age thing because, and if that's the case, you can't, a lot, a lot of these movies can't exist because a lot of these people are not from that time period, you know? But it's a, you can see research. So I'm going to bring mm-hmm. up Tarantino because I love Tarantino. Mm-hmm. So Quentin Tarantino is American, right? So he did uh, Inglorious Bastards. Obviously, it's a fa- a slightly fabricated history, though a group like Inglorious Bastards did exist of Jewish men killing Nazis. Um, but he, it took him like 10 years to write the script, man, because he did research in Ger- for Germany and France, all these different cultures that he's bringing together. He did research of what, what do their bars look like? What would it look like in that time period? What kind of beer would they be drinking? What color would it be? That scene where they're in the bar that, that ends in everybody dying, the scene where the guy holds up um, his fingers for three glasses, 
and he was incorrect that slight thing we as americans we don't know that because we're american or him he was british in reality right posing as a german my german friend told me she said that's a real thing we don't do a three like that a german three is like that so that's a real thing he put in the movie and germans really appreciated that so that comes from actually caring about your source material and wanting to be as accurate as possible by putting something like that in there so with olivia wiles i don't know what research she did but that time period there are people that are still alive that that existed at that time period you could have easily spoke to women who were only housewives and had children and what was it like for them and then men that were husbands how was it back in that time period how did women differ that time period versus now to get a more cohesive project um going back to the source material there's a reason why this book or play is loved by many right so you don't need to stray too far. And if you are going to stray completely far, you have to say it's an adaptation of this book and we're definitely taking a different look at it versus, oh yeah, we're making this book or play a movie. Because if you say that, I'm going to think it's going to be exactly like the book or play, but just, you know, in a film and you just want to appreciate it. Um, and, and that's not what happened. So I just think she fell short with that. You know, she her first film was Booksmart. Booksmart is not a psychological thriller or drama. Booksmart is like, in my opinion, Booksmart is super bad, but with girls. Right. And ironically enough, one of the girls in in, in Booksmart, one of the two leads, her was it her brother? Yes, her brother is freaking um, uh, Jonah Hill. So it's like this makes sense of why it's literally super bad, but a female version. Which that's why I liked it because I looked at super bad and I was like, this is my life. I have friends like this, but I wish there were. There was a girl version of this. It only took, what, 10 plus years to make it happen in real life. Um, So for me, the rating, I think you said a six. I would give it a six. I think if they would have made Jack the way that he was portrayed, like that I read where he's violent, putting his hands on her, he, she basically hates him, then it would have, it would have made for a different movie. Even the part where, um, so in, in the film, she kills him, it's an accident, right? In the in the uh, in the actual like book or screenplay, it's violent. It's very violent. She even sodomizes him. So it's like, why the hell wasn't this in the movie? Whoa! Yeah, this would have been a much more understanding ending of of why it's happening. Now, oh my god, I killed him by accident, or him trying to kill her because it's like, oh, I I don't want to deal with the real life shit. It wouldn't make sense. Him quote unquote trying to kill her doesn't doesn't mean anything actually either because. She can't die in this in this uh, alternate reality, this matrix slice like like world. They, they and I don't know why it's that the woman can't die, but the men can die. That was weird, and they didn't explain that. It was just said by Olivia Wilde's character, Bunny. Oh, the, the the guys can die here, but the women don't. Can we can we elaborate? It's because we're in such a deep consciousness that we can't. Our bodies are a certain kind of way. The men are aware. Is that why it's a brain thing? What is that reason? There are a lot of holes in this film and if they would have just smushed this two hour movie that they had into 30 40 minutes and then the the it, the other half of that would have been detailing the world because what we, we hear I, I saw a video on youtube and they were breaking it i don't remember the guy's name but they were breaking down the film and he stopped the movie oh pause the movie and he was reading the screen that uh 
that uh, Jack was was on on YouTube. And I'm like, I get that, but I'm in a theater. I can't pause this to read that. And they never zoomed in on it deeply. You just kind of hear it faintly in the background. And you hear like a sentence or two of Frank, which you can kind of allude to, oh, he's like kind of cult-like and trying to get a following. We should, like you said, we should have dived more into that. Why is he doing this? What's his overall goal? Does he want to conquer the world with this or just a little community? Does he want everything to go back to normal because he misses traditional values and he thinks women today are whores and need to be, you know, tamed? What is there, what was his upbringing like? Was he abused as a kid? Was Did, did he exist in a, in a world like this? What is the true reason? Um, and I felt we, like we definitely got shortchanged and Someone was saying, oh, they're going to make a part two. This movie doesn't need a part two because you could have done everything in that first film and it would have been a solid movie. So you're imitating Stepford Wives and mm-hmm. Stepford Wives gave us a cohesive film, revealed the secret, explained it, broke it down, and they flipped the script and they were able to get at that world. So why didn't we get something similar with this movie or make it a better a better ending? Because Alice is waking up out of quote-unquote Wonderland and all we hear is her breathing. I'm like, okay, but she's chained to the bed. Frank's dead neck. I'm sorry, Jack's dead next to her. So what happens? Does she die of starvation? Does she get out of her restraints? Does her job know that she's been gone this long? What about her family? Is she an orphan? Like, there's so many questions <laughs> that are to be had. And people that said this movie is clever i'm like it's not clever because there's no little easter eggs in it to show oh this is what really happened right the the authorities or you know she couldn't she didn't know she was if if this really happened or not she's going crazy nothing and if there was something like an an alternate ending i would love to see it because this wasn't a finished movie in my opinion there was a lot of bullshit going on in the background and they (laughs) couldn't they couldn't because there were there were arguments on sets, right? Apparently, Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles were running off set to go be together, and I heard that Florence Pugh was more so like directing it her like directing scenes herself when she was at when Olivia was absent. If that's true, then she needs she needs a film cred because right. that's not her job to do it. Her job as an actor is to show up, be on point, know her lines, and convey emotion and listen to director a director's direction. So. I think that uh, not having a good, I don't want to say crew, but not having this cohesive group of people being directed in a good way definitely shows. And it looks like that in the editing room, they're like, hey, just piece together what you can. um, And we're going to put it out because we wasted too much time and money already. And we can't recast because we're too deep in. And that's why Warner Brothers is... Um, under fire right now and that's why they're canceling all of these movies and these films and they have you know they they got bought because you know when you have people that take charge of movies like this and this is a high profile film right like if they did everything they were supposed to do i still wouldn't want a sequel because the simple fact of it's like you could have told us this story in one movie I think everybody is so obsessed with how how long can we milk this cow, right? Like, we can't necessarily make films. Like, I don't want a sequel for a film if it's not granted. Like, I don't need a sequel. Like, when we get films like um, superhero movies, those deserve sequels. Films like The Terminator and Avatar, they deserve sequels. Like, 
but when you get a film like this and you get to the very end it's a abrupt finish and it's like it's stupid you know because in my honest opinion like what would the sequel be she she gets out and then she tries to go back to life like there's nothing exciting about that you know in my honest opinion like the most exciting part of this film was her trying to hightail it out of it at the end it's like get out of here like hurry up let's go like that's what i like to feel right you know mm-hmm. you want to have that you want to have that adrenaline rush sitting in the audience or watching the film at home like all right let's go let's go like especially if you're into the film but they waited too late to add all of those things and the reason they probably waited too late is like you said they had to piece it together um like i said would i watch it again (laughs) no uh and it's not because like florence Pugh was horrible florence Pugh carried the movie um it seemed like everybody else was like just a really a supporting character. Like Frank wasn't even that um scary or like he wasn't even like a villain like that. Frank was like a regular dude. He just wanted to live in a society the way that he wants to live in it, right? But he wasn't um he wasn't like the 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 worst part of the movie. He needed to be sinister. I felt like he should have been more sinister as a person. Jack should have been more sinister. Um, but I that's think what that's makes what the- AIDS, sorry, I think that's what AIDS Frank is. I don't have to do all the raw, raw and yell and all that to, to intimidate you. The fact is, I can calmly talk to you and tell you, you're right. This is a simulation. Uh, you know, you're a very clever girl, but it doesn't matter because no one's going to believe you because I run this world. You were just a pawn. You're just a one little person in it. it doesn't, you're not that you're not really a disruptor. And you're not going to have the strength to or resilience to really overpower all this. He didn't really see you as a threat. He was like, I'm curious by you. Like, you pique my curiosity. And you have all this resilience to try to, like, rebel. Instead of just, like, you know, enjoy what is given to you and accept this as your reality. You know, something in her subconscious is like, hey, this is not really a thing. There's something right. going on here. Um, whereas the other women, clearly they're followers mm-hmm. they're sheep, and they want to, they're sheep that want to be led, that need to be led. I feel like her friend, Bunny, Bunny, Bunny is a wolf in sheep's clothing, you know, and mm-hmm. we get that two times when she's like, you know, yelling at Alice, like, hey, snap out of it. This is your husband's big night. You're ruining it. You're being a little brat. And then whenever she switches that to like, hey, you know what? You're right. Uh, this is fake. And, and, you know, uh, I know about it because, because, um, I was told by my husband and I'm, I'm here because I want my kids and they died in the past, in, in, in real life. And, you know, it's just like, oh, sh- like, can I really trust you? It's like, no, you can't, you could never trust her bunny. And that's part of the appeal, right? Bunny was probably put there too next to her. Like, Hey, get this girl in line, get her in order. You have all the other ladies, all the other wives kind of follow you, get her to follow you too. get her to stop being so rebellious because she's messing up this nice thing that we all have going for us. What's the problem in thinking that you live in luxury if you really live in a really shitty double wide in a, in a back alley? What's the problem? Mm-hmm. And that's the issue that I had. Um, but let's talk positives. So I think the writing was amazing. Um, great realistic dialogue. Uh, what were you, what do you think about that? Yes, I do believe that. Um, it's just one of those things where I'm at the point where I was like, 
it's like I'm not trying to like trash everybody else and say like it was trash, right? But you could clearly see that the person that had problems with the director and like uh, this is a positive, she carried the film. Like it seemed like everything that she did was like, okay, I'm really I'm acting my life for my life right now. And you could just see with everybody else, it was just like they was there to a certain extent. Um, whenever Harry Styles' character popped up, you know, I think he had some bright spots, right? Mm-hmm. But um, it was like in some ways, like for you to be the to be on the poster, right? And you one of the stars of the film because this is supposed to be you and Florence Pugh, right? Um. Mm-hmm she carried him and it was like one of those things where like i said i felt like the film could benefit and this is as positive as i can get it would have benefited if they were a little bit more um choosy with their casting um if they if they if they like dug a little bit deeper and try you know to cast you know better. I know some some films get into development hell, and you, they might not see the light of day until like five years down the line because something you know the scheduling was off. Um, the studio didn't uh, see that it was a uh, um a, a good project to put out during that time, or you know the trend wasn't in right. Mm-hmm. But um, I feel like this film could have benefited if they you know did a little bit more but i I applaud florence Pugh. um i do give harry Styles some credit um chris pine you know like i said could have been a little bit more sinister i know that you said that you know he he talks you know in this calm way but it was like you know when a person is a antagonist that's when you're supposed to know it in the film and yeah, we know he's the antagonist, but he didn't make us feel like he was the antagonist. Is if he the antagonist or is Jack the antagonist? I felt like Jack and Frank were antagonists because like I said, it's like like the whole the whole realm was misogyny. You know, you, you, you the wives, they freaking out when they glitching like, I don't like this, you know. I'm not supposed to be here. Some doesn't feel right. And you know, that was the case with Margaret, um, you know, with uh the the one that uh, Kiki Lane had played, right? She played that role so well. Yeah, she did. A, she did an amazing job. She, right? she had a small role, and it was every second she was on screen, my eyes were on her and her only. Right, because I think, like, for her, it was feeling. You know, she might have not had that many lines right but it was like a feeling we knew something was wrong when we saw margaret why margaret standing on the roof why Mm -hmm. margaret looking that way while we having a barbecue by the pool why is she out here with us and she knew something was happening she's like i don't want to sit here i don't want to be here around y'all because this is is bs something's not right call and you can call like a I, i i don't know she's the first woman that figured out something happened but I thought it was kind of ironic that the black woman was the one that was like, Mm-mm, "This ain't right." <laughs> oh no, that's that's the truth. It always happens that way. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, 
I know that you're probably going to do another review on another one of these films, right? Um, that have came out during um the winter holidays, but Glass Onion, you know, just, just go off go off subject for a second, but oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Every <laughs> film that you see, there's going to be a woman, and generally that woman may be a black woman, a woman of color. They're going to say, "Hey, something's wrong." And they're going to open the eyes of everybody else. But a lot of times it, it's too late because everybody don't want to believe it. Um, and but you realize they're like, oh, shoot. Yeah, we're messed up now. It's over with. Like, we yeah. can't do anything about it. <laughs> and, you know, my thing is, like the film, like I said, it, it, it has some bright spots, right? But that was the good footage. The footage that wasn't so good, that's what they pieced the film together with. And what I tell people to say, like, well, I tell them to go watch the film. Yeah, like, go watch, go watch this movie. But what I say, rewatch value. No, like, I, I, I can't, I can't sit through it again. When you told me to watch it, like, I initially, I had screeners to go, go see. Um, don't worry, darling. But I couldn't go see it because I had like a work obligation. So that was one thing. Um. So I was excited to see it. But then when I saw the reviews, I was like, okay, well, I'm still going to give it a chance because I'm not one of those people who are going to be like, oh, well, I'm not going to go see it. Screw this movie because the reviews are bad, right? I'm just going to get to it. And when I get to it, I'll make my decision right then and there. Um, Solid summer flick because it was like it, it came out like towards the tail end of the summer. Solid summer flick. Um, could have used some fine tuning. Is it worth the watch? Yes. Um, Florence Pugh, like I said, it's great. Uh, Harry Styles shows some um bright spots. I believe that you know once he finds him, himself in his type of role, he'll have a future as an um actor. Um, Kiki Lane, great. She's great in everything she did. You know, even if Bill Street could talk, uh, you know, I like the film. It's just like I said, it just didn't hit the mark that I I, I thought it would. I was expecting more. I was kind of disappointed, but you know, go see it. <laughs> mm. Speaking of Kiki Lane, so I'm looking at this trivia on IMDb. It says that Kiki Lane revealed on her IG on September 24th of 2022. That the best thing about Don't Worry Darling is that, that she was lucky enough to meet her boyfriend. I hope I'm saying this name right. Ariel. Ariel Statue on set. She also said that they both got cut from most of the movie. Both actors weren't part of the film's promotion and did not attend its world premiere at the Venice Film Festival. So when you look at the pictures of, the, of, of them on, um, on the press tour, you know who mm-hmm. Nick Kroll is by chance? Oh yeah, from um Big Mouth, he was in um he he was in um what's the name of the film? He played the antagonist in um Uncle Drew. Uh, I've I've seen him a couple of times. He's a comedian, but um yeah. So my point of saying that is, so Nick Crow had a very I mean very small part in this movie, right? He had a right. few lines, nothing crazy. And the only reason that he stood out is because that we know his voice. We know his face. And like you say, he's a comedian, right? So why is it that he gets to go on the press tour? And I don't think Kiki's is known as him. However, they had the same amount of lines. And she was a featured character that had standalone scenes. 
why was she not at the film festival? That that does stick out to me. That doesn't make any sense. I don't know what the point of that is, but usually they send the whole cast. If you if you were in the film at all and had a line, they send you on the press tour. If you were oh. in the movie at all, they let you go on the on the red carpet, right? So that's a little bit odd that she did. I wonder. I wonder know what the reason is. Um, I would say but, something, but I don't know if this is the place. <laughs> oh, you think it's racing? You, you said what? You think it's a race thing? I mean, to be completely honest with you, that's the only piece of color that I see besides um what actor um Ashif Ali. Oh, the girl from uh the woman from uh, it was they wasn't it wasn't called in humans. I know you're talking isn't she Asian? Uh Gemma Chan. You're talking about Eternals. There you go. I was, I was, Cer- I was... Cersei there from you... Eternals. Yeah. Uh Gemma Chan. Yeah. Ashif Ali, yeah. Kiki and, Lane, but but if you look at Kiki Lane's like filmography and what she's done till this point, she was in Native Son, a a, a film or it was a net not a Netflix but an HBO movie with Ashton Sanders, but it was based off of a Richard Wright um novel. Um, I read I had a chance of reading that in high school. She was in If Bill Street Could Talk. Which was a um, James Baldwin um, story or novel, um, and she was in a couple. She was in Coming to America. I mean, in all honesty, a lot of the stuff that she's done has been either small role or it's been um, primarily, um, you know, I'm just gonna say African American. So I, I don't know if they necessarily, you know, did it that way or it may have been, like I said, like with all the arguments and stuff going on on set, um, it's probably best that she didn't have a big role in this movie because, in my honest opinion, she's very talented. Um, I see her as being one of the next, you know, leading ladies in Hollywood you know, behind, you know, not behind, but, you know, along with, you know, people like Dominique um, Thorne. And, you know, I think that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that, you know, it benefited, she benefited from not, you know, being, <laughs> having, having a large, you know, part in this film, even though she was a large plot, a part of the plot. Yeah. Um, like, so we should have, if you're gonna show us this character like this, you might as well. And like you said, she she filmed other scenes that they were cut. You could have filled the fluff, like the scene with Alice driving to to get out. That was entirely too long. Mm-hmm. I get this a sense part, but it's like I don't need all these cut shots to this car, cut shots to that car. You can shorten that down to about a minute or two. That was way too much. She probably outacted that- some people too. It probably outacted the director of the film, and. I'm like I said, this is not this is not me saying um that this is what happens. But a lot of times when people outshine the people who are like top on the marquee, studios, they don't necessarily want to go with some of their cuts because you know it can be harmful to the top person on the marquee's career or you know, just, you know, they could feel threatened 
by you know the work that they produce and just put on the big screen if you feel threatened by someone's acting performance as an actor that means that you need to be a better actor there we That's go how i personally feel <laughs> Or if you're a writer and you feel outshined by somebody, you need to go back and do some, you know, writing workshops to sharpen your pen because there's or pencil. There's obviously something with you that's a problem. And why do you feel so inadequate? I like I'm not a competition person. I I don't like I'm I'm a chef, so there are people that do the same kind of Jamaican style cooking or Caribbean cooking. I'm not like oh my god, like oh they're they're doing amazing things. I think that's great, but I know my food's better. Or I I I, I don't. <laughs> hey. I'm sorry. This is how I feel. So Talk like, your stuff. And it's like I know I produce a solid product, and it's good. I get good reviews, so it's like, hey, you know, good for you doing that over there. But me and what I'm doing over here is gonna is different. It's not what you're doing, and we can both exist because there. How many burger places exist in just a small little city versus how many are known national or international brands? Guess what? They all still exist, and consumers are still gonna go to. All of those burger places, but like, oh yeah, I like Wendy's and Carl's Jr. and McDonald's and Burger King. You're gonna eat this. You're gonna eat it no matter what. So, I that's how, that's how I feel about about me. So I think part of it too was because I read that Olivia Wilde was going to be the lead and it got switched. I think as well as Olivia Wilde. I'm not saying she's old, but let's be honest. In Hollywood, sure. after a woman's like 35 or 40, you're looked at as like ancient. They try to they're gonna try to put you in a mom role. And Florence Pugh's in her, what, early 20s, mid 20s. And she looks young as well, too. Very in shape body, very beautiful woman. They want to use her. You know what I mean? Like Margot Robbie, she's hitting that like tail end of, hey, we're going to stop putting this a hot girl. Like, look at Jennifer. Um, I'm sorry. That's never going to stop. Margot Robbie has, she's put her, she's put herself in a way. Here's the thing like the hot girl, the hot girl image of Margot Robbie, right? Um, Olivia Wilde, in my honest opinion, has not been in roles like Margot Robbie. But their uh, acting's different. Olivia Wilde's yeah. a good actor, but she's not her. It's she's not different. <laughs> and like this, this is what I'm saying because it, this is a damn for sure thing in Hollywood. Woman, look at Jennifer Aniston. How old is this woman? And she looks beautiful. She's in shape. She's never not been in shape. And she now, I feel like she's kind of like typecasting in roles. They don't take her as seriously, but. They put her in the in the beautiful woman role. However, people still talk about her age when they talk about her. So mm-hmm. Margot Robbie, I think Margot Robbie and I are like a year or two apart. I think she's a little bit older than me. It's it's not a her thing. It's not about her beauty. It's not about that it's going to be like, hmm, they're going to start breaking you down as a person, right? Okay, I see you have these lines on your face, so we can't put you as this college girl because it's not believable. You know, we got to put you in a different role. It's going to happen. There's always a shift with how they take female actors and they get later in their career after 35 or 40 versus a man. A male, when they get... Look at look at freaking Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson is how old and we still have him in action movies. It's like, do you really think, I think, believe that you can kick someone's ass at your age? No, the hell I don't. I really don't. I'm so sorry. Or like Bruce Willis. No. Uh... Tom Cruise? Yes, I, yes, the hell I do. I believe that Tom Cruise can really kick ass and I know he does his own stunts. So, like, to me, it's believable because I know that you're putting that work in. But I feel like it's not fair when men get older as an actor and their career, how their career goes versus a woman as an actor and how their career goes when they get older. It's not it's not well, fair. Well, Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, 
they opened the door for people like Liam Neeson to receive those type of roles. Because, you know, when Expendables came out or, you know, how many Terminator films has Arnold done and he was 60 years old, you know, um, CGI is everything. And we just knew Arnold and um, Sylvester Stallone as action stars or, yeah, pretty much action stars. Those were action movie stars. Mm-hmm. Um those people will like last forever because of the nostalgia right we know that it's going to be a film like i believe um sylvester stallone released a film on amazon prime called samaritan yeah i have the cue i want to watch it (laughs) yeah so i watched the film but it was one of those things of like it's cgi right but when you get like actresses or I'm just going to say actors because that's everybody's an actor. Right. But um, when you get actors um, in the lane of like a, a certain age, like they have to reinvent themselves. If you can't reinvent them yourself, that is like a huge problem. And, you know, that's word to the movie that I just saw and I was telling you about um, Babylon. It's about reinventing yourself. In Hollywood, if you can't reinvent yourself and you can't do something different, and you're just a one-trick pony, you're not going to last for a very long time. So I do appreciate Olivia Wilde for, you know, doing the directing thing and, you know, getting into that point. But I believe that, you know, there is a lane for women who are over 30 to continuously you know still make hit movies and be on the on the marquee because you know that's just one thing but you know if, if we're just so caught up on their looks and oh yeah you know she's looking old she's getting old she's aging you know that's a problem because here's my thing angela bassett could still do an action movie for me and she in her 60s but they're not gonna put her in that role like i hear what you're saying we're gonna go back to the movie in a second but just and as a woman i'm gonna see it more than you right so because i'm looking more at women as a woman mm-hmm. when i look at this list of male actors in hollywood who do action movies i can go on and on and on and on about male actors way over 40 in action movies jason statham for one right but <laughs> the same for females the, the only one i could think about michelle yo and she's been, but that but her claim to fame is kung fu movies, so it makes sense. So she has a notoriety behind her name. I don't know. I can't name any black woman who is doing action after forty. That's, I can't name. That's very true. But I, I can name, I can name Helen Mirren. Helen Mirren's not kicking ass, man. She's not. Yeah, she, she has. She's done Fast and the Furious. She's she currently ass and Fast and Furious. And she's currently doing 1923, and that's the prequel to Yellowstone. So my thing is, like, she's able to do action. Like, women are still able to do action roles. They're still able. Taraji, when she came out, I think, was it Proud Mary? Uh, Taraji Taraji was in her 50s when she came out with that. But my so, point, but my point of this is you're, you're naming these one-offs, right? And they're not continuously doing action. Jason Statham, most of his movies, I would say like 98% of his movies okay. are action, right? And he's right. over 40. We we knew him when he was in this. He was, he was an Olympic swimmer. That's what he started off at. But when I look, as I'm saying, 
male actors right. who are over 40, you can name more than 20 that have done action movies mm-hmm. after 40. You cannot say the same about women. And I will debate you about that because I don't see it. And and Taraji P. Henson, she's a once-off. She doesn't, she's not known for action and doesn't do a lot of it. It's just and for whatever reason. You know, Kiki Palmer is a young black woman, very able body. Why do I see her in more action movies? She's able to do it and she's known in not just a black community, other communities. It's this lack of representation in films. And I don't want to just see it in a Marvel movie or like some kind of superhero movie because it does exist. So it's really annoying to not see it or it has to be some very young woman who's kicking ass. I'm so tired of seeing these white male men in their 40s kicking ass. And I'm supposed to believe it, but I can't see any other race of people doing the same thing with the same body structure. It doesn't make sense. It's not fair. It's lack of representation, which that's how Hollywood is. I mean, if it exists, it's only going to be in an indie film. And indie films are kind of like not like, don't worry, darling, to be honest, if this came out like 10 years ago. It, would, it wouldn't have hit theaters. It would have been only in the indie circuit. Because they would have been like, oh, Hollywood won't, you know, understand this. It's going to be too confusing. You got to do it in the indie circuit. Indie circuit is for deep movies that are, are, um, you have to really think about it. And they don't give you everything up front. And I, Hollywood finally got wind of, oh, okay. So let's, let's kind of make Hollywood movies, but make them in the realm of, of indie films. And they're not really being successful at it. They're, 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 there's, there's a lot of flops or the first half is good, but the last 20 minutes are really shitty and doesn't make any sense. That's because it's not in their comfort zone and they don't actually have a love for it. They're doing it for the sake of money versus indie directors and, and writers who are doing it because they want to make this, they want to make this story and they don't see anything like it on screen. And it's a lack of seeing other people. You know, like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Amazing movie. That wasn't this major hit in theaters. That was in the indie circuit and got a cult following. But right. it would that I think it's a great it's a great movie. But I'm a, I'm an indie movie lover, so maybe I'm biased. Um but back to uh Dory Darling. Right. Um so it takes it's supposed to take place in like in the fifties, right? Mm-hmm. Now I noticed some stuff in there where I was kinda like, is that from the fifties or is that from a different time period? So they have a factual error, uh, and and this could be that they did it they did it by accident in the in the movie and the directors, or it's on purpose with the people who created the world and them not really knowing that time period. So there's a scene when Jack washes his hands in the bathroom. He uses liquid soap, and it said that liquid soap was invented in the 19th century, but wasn't mass produced until the early 80s. So this wouldn't really exist in that scene, but. Mm. I feel like maybe a woman who created the world would have, would have known that little detail. Like, hey, this kind of wallpaper didn't exist. This kind of toaster didn't come out. You know, this it would have been bar soap and it would have been white or blue, not yellow or pink because of whatever. Um, those was like, I forgot what those people are called, or historians for movies, but there are people in films that they hire to make everything historically accurate so that there's no um, errors. So I don't know for the film. I feel like there were a lot of things that were messed up or missing. And I assumed, oh, this is because they're trying to show us that this isn't a real world. But I think it's giving too much credit to people who just fell short when making the movie. Um, like, I think the part where Alice is cracking eggs and when, like the eggs are hollow, I think that's supposed to be like, oh, the simulation has glitches and errors. 
Right. Um, but the part where uh, they're they're uh, in the home and the home shakes, I don't think that's a glitch or error. I think that's in her real life in her in their apartment. I believe they showed it before that there's a train passing by and it's gonna be it's gonna rattle and make noise. So that makes mm. sense of why it's in that simulation that they're in in that exact moment. I think if they were more consistent with stuff like that, it would have made for a more cohesive uh, movie where it's like, oh, these little nuances that we just kind of like shrugged off were actually foreshadowing. And I don't think Don't Worry Darling had a good foreshadowing. It was so scattered, but not well thought out. It was an, it was an issue. Like I would have liked to see what is Jack doing when, when, when he's home by himself. We saw Alice's world for like what two minutes of her in the OR and stuff, but we I feel like we didn't get enough of the movie could have opened with their regular life or something, or or glitches of it where she's dreaming and it's like oh I had a dream that's like in the future or a different reality and I was a surgeon doing stuff. She briefly mentioned it before, and when she washes her hands, sometimes she washes her hands like she's scrubbing up for the OR, but doesn't realize why she's doing what she's doing. It's just a um, her reality seeping through. It's not a good enough simulation. There's, they still have issues and and problems. Right. I definitely see a lot of the, you know, the glitches as being like, yes, yeah, it's, it's a good part or a key part of the movie. But if, you know, we kind of started off with it, like just slight, you know, things just happening, you know, because like even in the kitchen, like, the wrapping of the saran wrap around her face is like okay like where is this coming from like why are you doing this now you know there was never really anything that kind of explained that yeah we knew something was going on but we just didn't know it's like we had to fight to the end to just get a little bit of information of what was going on and like even the part where the, the men would go to work every day and they would line up and go to work like half of me thinks that those very men would go to work but they would be leaving the simulation and they would be going back to wherever the I'm guessing the operation of the simulation was going on and you know making sure and just checking things because they were able to see everything right they um, show you that though there's a scene where Jack is jumping back into the simulation. He he's he gets off of the computer and lays down and like puts the like the, the whatever the thing the lens on to get back into the world with Alice. Right. It's subtle, right? It's mm -hmm. subtle. But what I'm saying is as time went on, like they should have really been having like we should have seen a meeting or something. Like you know how there's a rising yeah. action, there's a climax. It should have been the same. Like she's on to us, fellas. We got to find some way to stop her before, you know, this happens or this happens, right? But oh, you know what would have been good if you know she's acting hysterical, right? Like oh, this is this is like something's going wrong. If right. they would have cut to a scene where like they, they have like those men in red, they come to the house, and mm -hmm. then he's like, yeah, I don't know what's going on. She's glitching again. And they say, oh, you know, it's it's error 532. It happens all the time. All you got to do is do this, this, and that, and she'll be good to go. Let us know if, anything, if there's any problem. Has there been any leakage? How's her fluids? Is she eating? She looks a little bit frail. Like, that would have been awesome, of, of like a wellness check, because there should have been a wellness check. 
with her. Right. I would have loved seeing like, how is a normal day with him and her? How is he feeding her, giving her water? Her, if, if he's not moving her body, her joints are going to have like, she's going to have like bed sores and stuff like that and be, and be stiff. Um, they have sex in the movie. Are they actually having sex in real life? And he's taking advantage of her body or is this right. just a simulation? And it's like, these little things would have made for just a better movie and it made more sense for a two hour runtime. So I feel like we got a lot of time wasted with fluff. Like I don't need to see her car, her journey on the trolley for 10 minutes. Why this, this is a, this, this doesn't need, I don't need half of this part of this. You know, it's, it's, you need to have time maintenance and like, I'll go back to Tarantino. He, he uses time in his movie for, for a purpose. If he says, Oh, it's going to take 10 minutes. You can count in that movie ten minutes from, from those words are said till ten minutes are up, and that that actually takes place. You know, it, it happened in Kill Bill, like that five that five finger like hit thing in Kill Bill, and you take a few steps and you die. That actually happens multiple. Right. So it's and I think this is like you know I'm gonna call her a freshman freshman director of you don't know uh, time management. And you don't know how to set things up where you can pack as much information in one scene and layer it so that it makes more sense when you come to your end point. Um, and that's something she needs to work on. My advice to her is to do some film study. It's one thing to be an actor and say, you know, I want to direct because you make more money or you can control the narrative. It's another to say that and you actually care and you do the research and you look at the history and um, you try to gain inspiration from other people but still have your own unique twist on it. That's what, to me, what makes a good um, director. Um, one of the questions I had was, ultimately, how do you think Jack uh, brought Alice to victory? If Olivia Wilde showed that process, I think it would have made gave the film more depth and cohesiveness. So in the 2004 separate wives, at some point, we got to see the process and which the wives undergo to become the perfect wife. And it was jaw-dropping, and, and awful but it did add to the film in a very tremendous way right um i would say that jack you could pretty much read his face and you knew something was going on he didn't do a good job at selling like you could tell he was nervous the whole time and once he found out that she was like he tried to reassure her i don't, I don't know what you're talking about i don't know what's going on you know everything's going to be okay you know but then eventually you could tell that it was getting to him because the other men were finding out about it. And it's like, bro, man, control your girl. Like, okay. she's really about to ruin everything for us. So in a lot of ways, like, you know, I'm sure she would know, like, Alice would know Jack more than anybody because in real life they were together. You know what I'm saying? And I'm sure all the other, you know, couples were together in real life. But Were they? Once we don't know right but i'm just saying just in this in this point alice and jack they were together in real life right mm -hmm. so she probably knew some things already and just knew what type of person he was like even in those scenes when she came home and he was you know being up like you know she yelled at him like you know like take your hands off me like i just came home from work this was a long day like you know it's one of those things, but you know, just I think the the whole portion of Alice getting to a point of like you know clarity, seeing stuff that was going on with Margaret, and then she just saw how Jack was acting. Um, 
she knew to a certain extent that something more was going on. But when Jack betrayed her, it had those people who was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And had that scene, it was like, dude, like, she doesn't want this. You said she wanted this, but she doesn't want this. She wants to get up out of here. You know, you know what would have been interesting if it had that Black Mirror twist, like, oh, man, I don't know what this episode's called, but it's an episode where they have soldiers in the future and they can, the secret is they can make soldiers see whatever they want to see. If they would have had something like that where, you know, they show Alice a video of like, no, 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 you agreed to this. No, I didn't. You agreed to this a year and a half ago because at the beginning of the movie, they say, when the men are driving in the desert, they say, welcome to day 80, 987 security threat yellow. So is that real time a year, about a year and a half? Or is that their time a year and a half? And in reality, it's been a little bit shorter. We can't go off of Jack's hair because Jack's hair is the same length throughout the entire movie when we see him in reality. Mm-hmm. But that's a question I, that they didn't answer either. Is this time here work the same exact way? Is Jack living for eight real time hours? Or is it eight hours in that world and he's only really gone for four hours a day or something like that? Mm. What What is it really? Um, I wanted to talk about... Oh, man. Where's this question at? Okay, yeah. So the song Jack comes to Alice while he takes care of her with you all the time. It's eerie and a bit too on the nose. He legitimately is with her, this woman, 24-7 hours a day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wonder if Victory talked to the husbands about not interfering with the wife's senses as it could alter what they think is reality. Well, I mean, with you all the time, like the fact that it was made or it was performed by Florence Pugh and Harry Styles and Harry Styles wrote the song. Uh, that's creepy and all as, as that as well. Like there was like, they had a lot to do with this, this movie's, you know, process of being created. But, you know, the whole, you know, sinister with you all the time, that's what Jack wanted to begin with. Like he wanted more time with her, but he wanted more time with her or more time for her to do things for him. So he could be pleased. Cause he felt like he was at the house all day or he was, he never really spent time with her. So in a lot of ways, like I think that when he brought that out or explained like whatever he was going to like, you know, like that whole matter of fact, hold on one second. Ask me that question again because I had a lapse of thought. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh hold on. Was it the yeah. The song out Jack comes to Alice while he takes care of her with you all the time. It's eerie and a bit too on the nose. I wonder if Victory talked to the husbands about not interfering with the wife's senses as it as it could alter what they think is reality. That could possibly be um if i'm not mistaken that could possibly be one of the reasons why she did glitch um the whole, like the whole with with you all the time piece like first of all it, it, it's eerie in a sense like we know that but you know like maybe in a, in a mindset like certain words may have been triggers for her to say okay this isn't right they would never say anything like this or he wouldn't say something like this or you know i don't know where i'm at you know i i know where i'm at i'm at home but this is not my home 
So in a lot of ways, um, I would say that no, like they were they were from the real world and it was a reality. I believe that whatever system they were using to hook them up, there were a lot of bugs and it was some stuff that needed to be um, debugged in a lot of ways, but I think they probably just did a horrible job at, you know, trying to keep that, you know, system, you know, maintenance or the update. Um, especially it should be, I think they should have had strict rules for, you know, victory, right? Like, you know, if they don't want to be in here, they can't come in here. Yeah, they should have guarded. All those entrances, the exits should have been guarded heavily. Right. Like, if they don't want to be in here, though, like, we shouldn't force anyone to be in here that don't want to be in here, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of those wives wanted to be in there. Margaret didn't want to be in there. She knew something was up. Also... But those women didn't want to be there because they don't know what's actually happening. It's one thing if, let's say you and I are married, and you say, hey, sweetheart, so I know we're, like, struggling, but I found a job. It'll pay me a lot of money. We have to basically be in a simulation to have the luxurious life that we want. I'll still get paid. We'll still have this apartment or house that we have. Um, You know, oh, you know, we lost, we, we, you know, we had the kid and we lost him when they were eight. You could see him again. You know, what, what do you, what do you think? What do you say? And what if I'm like, you know what? Screw this earth sucks. I don't want to be here. I'd rather have my time where I live in happiness. And I really believe by, you know, seeing, smelling, tasting, touching that this is real life. I'm okay right. with it. Like Inception. She was like, oh no, I'm down with this. Let's go to the dream world. This, this is, the dream world is amazing. But then she got too sucked into it and it consumed her and she couldn't tell reality from dream world. That would right. be cool to see, too, of a wife like Bunny. If Bunny went crazy and was like, I just, you know, I don't know if this is real. Is that my kid? Is it not my kid? I don't know what's what's real and what's a dream anymore. But then it would have been a little bit too much like Inception. But um, there's so many different ways they could have played this and would have been a great movie that got these inspirations from other films but could still stand alone in its own film. Because no matter what movie you make, there's going to be comparisons to others unless your movie is such a standout it can't compare to other movies. Like, Nope was a good movie, but it got compared to Jaws, right? Yeah, um, but it was a it was a predator in the sky. Is it to, that's the first thing. Whenever I finished up, I was like, oh, so it's like Jaws, but in, in, in the sky. And it make, whenever I got to the theater, because it was days when I got out, I looked right up in the sky after I got out of the movie theater. And that's mm-hmm. a power to have people think about that when they get out of your film because it's not like it's too far-fetched it could it could be real uh, the government admitted that aliens exist and they've seen ufos so it's not too far-fetched like that information that angel was talking about and nope that's actual information that you can look up online and, and find for yourself and i think there's a power in putting some factual information in your movie to get your audience looking to it for themselves mm-hmm. um but uh Okay, so going back to these questions so we can wrap this up. Um, uh, I already talked to you about this. Uh, okay, yeah, so the world, this life, Frank has given the men a victory is laughable. What was his pitch? You can't afford to give your wife the things she needs, wants, and desires, but what if you can make her think you could? How would you personally feel if Frank tried to pitch the idea to you? Um, I will most likely tell him to screw off. Uh, 
because it's like I know like this is my thing if I'm married to someone and I know what they're automatically thinking already right like it sounds good right you're gonna pay me money to go into a simulation every day right and then my my wife has to stay here no like I don't want to have control over her like that like I want her to have free will I want her to have free will to spend time with me and if she doesn't have the free will to spend time with me I understand that that's about um that's what you know marriage is about but I think that's the whole piece of what you know the it's just the control aspect like I don't want to have to control somebody to be with me or to think a specific way like that's trash I know some men may think that way but I've never been somebody that thinks that way like like yeah man I I wish she'll cook for me because she said she don't feel like cooking what if I could control her and make her cook for me like if some men had a remote they would probably do that to be honest with you if some woman had a remote they would do that I would like to see it in uh, in, a, in a whole different view like if they were to do don't worry darling and they were to put a man in there that kind of caught wind of whatever like because you know women always ask men to do specific things and men at times are very lazy and they don't want to do them so hey go out there you know cut the grass uh, hey i need you to fix this i need you to fix that so a man actually doing that um and a woman could control it like if men were to see it in that point of view they'll probably be like oh no this is screwed up right but mm-hmm. some people i think some people um in some way some shape or form um yeah it's good for like a film for somebody to say like something like that because you know it's for film purposes but in real life i'm like bro something's wrong with you you need to go to therapy um you know okay so like i i've dated somebody and I felt like I was put on this pedal, like physical, like an actual pedestal is what I felt like. Uh-huh. And not a good way it was if we're chilling at home and they weren't talking to me at all throughout the entire day. We're, we're existing in the same space, but we're not talking to each other. And the moment I get up to go do something, where are you going? I'm going to go to the grocery store. Oh, okay. Well, I'll go with you. Why, why can't I just exist and do things by myself? I don't need to be 24-7. Right. And me as a person, I mean, I was raised pre- predominantly by a man. My father raised me. So I I need alone time. And I realized that for my father. He's like, hey, you know, there's some times where I just need to be by myself. I'm not upset. I'm not sad. Not that I don't like you. It's just that everybody needs their own alone time, you know, because you need to be with yourself. You can't be in my desk. So, so much it's like ingrained in my brain. If you can't be okay with being by yourself, how can you expect someone to want to be with you? And I wholeheartedly believe that. And I've met so many people that have this codependency, this dependency on people, where it's like, if you're not with me, what am I going to do? So when, when Jack's like, oh, uh, I texted you about dinner, but I you didn't text me back, so I didn't get anything. I'm sorry, you're a grown-ass man. What do you mean you were hungry texting me? I didn't text back to you, respond to you, so you didn't eat yet. You've been here for how many hours by yourself? Definitely. Definitely. That's ridiculous, and you're just gonna oh, I I'm just gonna warm up some ramen real quick. You could order food, you could learn how to cook, you can look it up on YouTube. You're right. not being self sufficient, and that's part of the issue is that you don't know how to be by your damn self. And I blame it on your parents too. Why didn't your parents not? <laughs> I'm being serious, man. I've dated guys where I'm like, how do you not know how to do basic stuff? Because you got to think about this. You can't always rely on a partner. What if your partner, what if your married partner dies? 
Right. Now you don't know how to wash clothes or do mm-hmm. dishes or clean up the house. No, I just can't do it without her. Like, no, like, yeah. bro, like, learn how to braid your daughter's hair. Learn how to give your uh, how to change your son's diaper. You're gonna have to figure it out and be self sufficient. It all goes back to that. Uh, Jack is not a self sufficient person. Look at how he lives, man. He is disgusting, creepy. It looks like he never showers. They did yeah. a good job making Harry Styles look disgusting and not attractive. He looked and- like um, what was the name of that movie? Um, that that John Gordon um, what is his name? Yeah, um, Snowden. He looked like he was like a hacker. <laughs> he was in the house all day. He didn't shower. He just looked at the computer and didn't wash his face. And like all he ate was Cheetos. Like, in my honest opinion, they did a great job with that, but you're completely right. But there's a lot of men that aren't self-sufficient. There's a lot of people out there that, that aren't self-sufficient, and they Women can't think too. It's yeah. not attractive. If I don't get the appeal of dating someone. And let's say when you got with them, you were a very independent person. You know, mm-hmm. you could do things on your own, not a big deal. Oh, you're going to go hang out with your, with your family? Cool, I'll see you in a few hours or later tonight. Two, what do you mean you're not going to be here for four hours? I'm a surgeon and someone needs a heart transplant and I'm the only one to do it. So I got to do it. You're going to be mad at me that you're not working. And that's whether it's a male or a female, one person doing all the work in a household. And I mean, all the work I'm cooking, cleaning, giving you sexual pleasure. And I'm the one paying the bills and putting food on the table. I'm not that attracted to you anymore. It's one thing if I'm doing it for, Oh, you got laid off. I'm doing it for a few months or so, whatever, because we're married. It's another when it's like, yo, I'm doing all this and you're not doing anything. You didn't cook. You didn't order food. You didn't clean the house. You didn't shower yourself, but you're trying to touch me. You smell like an old gym sock. Go take a shower. Um, so I don't, I I didn't like Jack in the real world because I was just like, you're just like a disgusting fungus that won't go away. And <laughs> you're pissing me off. Mm. Um I was going to say something about that too. Oh, where's that question at? I have a lot of questions I didn't ask you. Um, okay, yeah. Put yourself in Jack's shoes. Is what he did understandable or a far-fetched fever dream? Far-fetched. It's not understandable. Like, I can't understand it in no way, shape, or form because it's like, in real life, like, either you're going to be with someone that y'all can come to an agreement and do things like separately and together and be at peace with whatever the other person chooses right or you just don't need to be with someone jack is that character that doesn't need to be with anybody he kind of needs to be with himself and he needs to learn how to love himself and be with himself like just me as a man like i go to the movies by myself i go take myself out to eat if I like flowers like that, I will buy myself flowers. Like, I don't need someone to come and make dinner for me. You know, I'll I'll thug it out. I'll go to the dollar store and buy me a cup of noodles and call it a day and say, hey, I ate. I mean, it's a lot of sodium, but I drink some water out there. You know what I'm saying? Or but, you cook, you know. Uh, a, a, a TV, <laughs> what'd you say? I said, or you can learn how to cook. Right. I mean, but I know how to, I know how to cook. Like, I could put stuff in the oven i can put stuff in the air fryer i can put something in my stomach and i can be sustainable like in order for me to like live my life right i know how to season my food i know not to put just salt on my food 
I know to use my garlic powder, my onion powder. I know what that is because I had a mom that taught me how to do specific things. Now, she ain't show me everything, but me going into the kitchen and saying, hey, mom, she was, oh, well, you're going to do it today. You know, okay, cool. What am I supposed to do next? And I would ask her and she would show me because she's showing me how, like, you know, you know, that saying in the Bible, you man, you, you, you could teach her. You could teach a man how to, um, you could teach, uh, you could feed a man or you could teach a man how to fish. That's pretty much how I look at it. Like, I know how to fish to a specific extent. Like, I actually do know how to fish. Like, put some bait on the rod, throw it out, and then, you know, kind of just try to pull it in and find yourself a fish, right? But when it comes down to, like, somebody just doing stuff for me, like, I've never been that person for someone to do something for me. I'll just go get it done. I'll do it myself if I have to. So, yeah, it's unrealistic. Um, Jack needs to wake up because he's, you know, literally he's in reality, not living reality. So yeah. there's it's a typical like incel behavior where it's like you're just behind the screen and you're commenting or judging others who are actually out there living life and learning their lessons or repeatedly learning a lesson of what they're doing in the real world versus you just sitting there judging others and you're not even living real life yourself. Right. That's you need to wa- learn how to take a bath. Cause he looked like he stank. He, he looked like a fuck my... of oil. Just like just <laughs> the oil. I was just like, you just greasy boy. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. So this is what I wanted to harp on too. So I was watching an interview, and director actor Olivia Wilde made it a big deal to talk about and showcase female sexual pleasure on screen. But with the time the film takes place, the 1950s, it's a bit out of place as well as. Do the wives have a say in this? Do you think she thought about that factor or were the sex scenes seemingly for no reason and add zero value? The sex scenes were for no reason and they add zero value. And the reason I say that is because there was no reason behind some of it. Sometimes it was just Jack wanted to have sex. I mean, you know, Jack just wanted to, to get one off. He wanted to get his rocks off. And, like, you never really saw, like, you know, the woman pleased. You kind of like, of course, they're in a simulation, so they might have some type of program running that makes them act this way. And however the woman acts or reacts is what's pleasing the man. A lot of this is ego. Like, the whole film is ego. It's a man's ego. And it's like, we see what happens when a man's ego is threatened. And in every way, Alice's character threatened every man in Vic- Victory's ego, you know, especially by her trying to get out and run and get out of the, the, the place of the situation. Um, as far as like the, you know, the, the, the sex scenes, like in the 1950s, that wasn't even the case. Like it was men that literally just did whatever they did because they had control, you know, women's women didn't have rights they didn't have any of that and you know for someone to even want to live in a time period like this it's, it's pretty sick you know like but it's yeah. the good days you know it's the good old days of perfect housewives and the house is clean and you have your kids and you gotta deal with them as much so i and because that's when people say oh you know the quote-unquote make america great again that's when they think america was a great time i'm like maybe for you as a white person 
but um or as a white male but you're not thinking about everybody else that's affected by this time period that wasn't fair to them or they didn't have certain rights or the abil- abil- um, ability to talk for themselves for certain situations um regarding the sex scenes we don't there's like what they're always like handsy with each other but it, it's always him pleasuring her like you know going down on alice but i feel like it still wasn't her choice it was yep. it, it, i mean it, i don't think it's a big deal that he's the one that initiated it to begin with but it didn't seem like she got to choose when and where it happened why are you trying to sleep with me at your boss's house in your boss's room it's like he saw his frank's ties got aroused with power like oh here's alice I'm going to sleep with her right now in Frank's room. And then that part where Frank's watching them and Alice is looking at Frank, it's like, you're not going to say anything. You're not going to, you're just going to let him watch y'all get it on. And he mentioned it later and it seemed like Alice was like screwing Frank. And I'm like, hold on, this all could have been fixed if you just sort of opened your mouth when it was happening. And it kind of looked like she wanted to say something, but didn't. And I was like, this is kind of weird. Is this like voyeurism? You know, do y'all get off, do you get off on this? Like, that could have been like just like a messed up director thing but i think olivia was trying to focus so much on this quote-unquote female pleasure and i was like you could have had this scene before you know we could have saw them in the real world when they had like good times like how they got together that right. would be fine if they would have showed the duality of like okay flashback was- scenes or everything yeah. when you see yes. when you have films like this like i see exactly what you're saying um, and we got one fl- we got one we got one flashback with alice seeing how their real life is and that was it. And then we saw like Jack, you know, going through the transformation to be a part of this world. And I was like, yeah, this I don't I don't like this. I need a little bit more for contact for context um in the film. Mm-hmm. Uh this is what I would have asked you. Okay, so why was Peg constantly pregnant? Does that correlate with uh some men preferring their partner to stay quote unquote barefoot and pregnant? Could it be that in the real world she is a career woman? And took time off for her pregnancy. And once it's over, she's going to go back to work. But her husband wants her to stay at home. Um, I think overall with Peg constantly being pregnant, like that was a thing back in the day, right? Men would just come home. They would bring home the bacon, the milk. After a long day of work, uh... They'll never talk to their kids. They'll sit on the couch, probably smoke a cigarette, drink some, drink some um some alcohol, probably some scotch. And then they'll be like, okay, well, I'm about to go make love to my wife, not knowing that that's not love. You're just having sex with her. And you're impregnating her. And then you're moving around. That's not quality time spent. So the fact that she's always at home and she's cleaning and she's doing this and she's always pregnant, she always got a a bun in the oven. It just kind of shows like it's like a power thing. If she's barefoot and pregnant, she can't go nowhere. You know, that's 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 what some men were like, yeah, if I get if I get her pregnant, she ain't going nowhere. Um, she's not leaving me, you know, and you know, and in life, if she was a businesswoman. He probably felt threatened because, you know, when a lot of times, you know, when you have women who have this like source of power and I'm just talking more so on how a lot of men think um, she has a source of power and she works for a, a very like strong company. And there's a lot of men that she works with and they they're good looking 
and you think, oh, well, she's going to she's going to mess around and she's going to leave me. And then I'll be alone. So this is my way of keeping her from leaving me ever again. You know, I don't want her to have eyes of anybody else. I want to control her. Like I said, everything was control. And in a lot of ways, if a woman cannot control being pregnant, because my thing is, if you're constantly pregnant, either you wanted this, but in, 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 my, in my honest, like, I don't know if she, so did, did Peg, like, did she know that she was in victory? Was she one of the people who knew that she was in victory? Um, Cause that would be the reason, my my reasoning of saying, okay, yeah, she didn't want that. He wanted that, and that was just his way. That was his thought. That was his like delusion of, oh well, if I keep her pregnant, you know, she don't ever have to go anywhere. You know, already she can't go anywhere. She got to stay at the house all day because she's a stay at home wife. All of the wives are. Mm-hmm. So. I don't. I don't think Peg knows. I. I, I don't okay. think Peg knows. And okay. And I know it was popular at that time period. If you're pregnant, to smoke or drink, they're like, "Oh, you can have a glass of wine. You can have a cigarette or two. It's not a big deal." But they mentioned it really early in the film. I think they mentioned it twice at the beginning of it when they were dancing with the martini glass on their head, and again later, like during like uh, Jack's promotion. And I'm like, yeah, why are y'all letting this pregnant woman be, like, she's getting drunk. Not like tips, she's getting drunk. Why are y'all letting her drink and she's pregnant? Like, this is ridiculous. It's like, it's pretty ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nick Kroll's character says, oh, it doesn't matter, you know? Because he knows in reality, it's not affecting her. And that's why none of the husbands look at, look frown upon her, say anything because it doesn't matter. And the wives don't say anything because, oh, if the men who we look up to and respect are, say, are, are being like, it's not a big deal, it must not be a big deal. Right. But that was in reality. So a friend be like, hey, she's had a glass of wine. She shouldn't be having more. And if it was 20 to 22, someone would be like, you can't drink at all being pregnant. You can't smoke a cigarette at all being pregnant. Um, okay, so I'm trying to wrap this up because we're like hitting that. We're about to hit two hours. Um, so I didn't the even men- know. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've, been, I've been looking at the time. Like I'm talking to you, but I'm looking at the time to make sure too. So the men in red, I really like them being there's a physical representation of the men in black. They come mm-hmm. in and erase issues, though I wish they explained them more. What did you what did you think about them? Um very it's like it's it's just the piece. Like it like the men in red kind of reminded me of like the guards in Alice in Wonderland, you know, who off with her head you know they would come in and they would like try to neutralize the situation before it got worse Mm -hmm. um and red is like a red alert that's how i felt like they're in red because something bad is about to happen and if we don't get a control of it it that's it um i just really felt like they could have been explained a little bit more as well. But like I said, how could they explain? There was so much content from, you know, before, like I'm guessing like with the, the original text that they did not put in the film and, you know, people try to change it for screenplays and things of that nature because, okay, well, we got to make it work in time. But I feel like there are subtle ways of, you know, showing a little bit more about these um characters or these pieces of the film. Um 
I think they could have easily explained it. Like, I, don't know, I forgot the technical like movie term for it, but when someone's taught their narrating, right? They're talking to a character in real life. Like, let's say it's Frank talking to, like, oh, you know what? You're so smart. I can tell you everything because you're not going to be able to get out of this. And he could say, okay, so uh, it's not actually 1955. Actually, it's 2028. And um, I'm not this age. I'm actually 84. But I missed the good old days when I was young and a woman listened and paid attention and I could come home to a home-cooked meal. But, you know... Um, all you women want to have careers. You don't want to be there for your men or, or you want the career and a husband. You got to make a choice. That would have, that would have been really interesting. And then while he's talking to Alice, she's like shocked at the, at the horror of like, Oh, so there's something really sinister going on here. They can show him starting it. I started this in 2005 with me and one person. And we were the first, me and my wife, and we were the first two residents of victory and she missed the good old days too of you know there wasn't all this crime their kids can run around and play it doesn't just have to be about a woman being in a, a certain kind of way and docile it could also be how the world is now there's so much there's a lot of ugly things going on that people say weren't didn't exist in that time period but it's like or you just didn't know about it because you didn't have social media like we do and access to stuff but they could be the flashback of that showing them started them hand in hand and um oh you know my wife her name was susan she couldn't have kids so we created kids for her and she fully believed that the, those are her kids and after a while she didn't want to exist in the real world she wanted to stay in victory so i did and i figured out how to do that and when i talked to the men at my at the lodge or at the country club they had the same feelings and ideas too of like oh i wish women would go back to how they were or we wish that America was how it was when we were kids or how our parents were or etc and then show show the process like okay we really you know broke free and ran out she almost exposed us so we had to figure out damage control so that's how we got the men in red they're here for they're watching y'all all the time there are all these cameras and um and, and microphones everywhere and they're making their damage control and they're just they're they're there to reel y'all back in and they're a combination of security guards and scientists and doctors to make sure that everything's on the up and up. You think that you can, you can, you know, that by me telling you this, Alice, that you're going to catch me? No, I have politicians in this world. I have world leaders. I have the, your, your, your best friend's neighbor is probably part of this community and you have no idea. So no matter where you go, where you hide, you try to expose us. I will make you look like a crazy person and you'll end up in an insane asylum or I'll just reset you and put you right back here and you'll never be any the wiser. That would have made him sinister by talking calmly and showing the entire process without mm. removing the movie. And Definitely. that's just me spitballing. And I'm not a director or a writer. Honestly, I'm just lover of movies and weird shit. So if I could think about this right now in two minutes, they could have thought about that with the months and years that they had to create this movie. And for all we know, if they would have had the original screenplay and do it, did it the way that it was supposed to be done, that would have been how it is. I did like that the movie wasn't predictable. However, I feel like they really missed the mark. They had all this hype, amazing promotion. They had good actors and it just fell short in, in multiple ways, unfortunately. Okay. Um, Question at the end: Why do you think Shelley stabbed her husband? 
do you think she woke up like Alice and Margaret did or was there some other reason? Because she, she stabbed him and said, like, now it's my turn. So what does that mean? Well, I think the whole concept of victory, right? Victory in itself, the name, like, it's like men stating that they've won. Um, They've, they've you know, they've won whatever battle there was or whatever war there was, right? And it probably was just a war in between, you know, will my wife do what I asked her to do or will she not, right? Um, Shelly stabbed him probably because she was like, I'm done. Like, I'm done with this. Like, I probably, I came in here thinking that things would be better and it would probably work, you know, work out for us. But it's been constant, this, this, that, and the other. You know, a lot of times, like, we don't know. Some women probably came in because they were like, they trying to make their marriage work. And maybe this will make it better for them to at least, you know, not have to deal with the nonsense they got going on. And it's a simulation. It's not, it's not that bad, you know. Maybe I just go in there and, you know, I don't have to, you know, worry about that. You know, she probably was one of the people who was working victory. She probably got to come out of the simulation. We don't know that part. We don't know who was stuck in the simulation the whole time. We don't know who got out of the simulation. We know the men did. But, you know, Shelly stayed far off in a, in a nice house. And we don't know, like, what she thought about the situation. Or she probably just woke up. Shelly was probably being brainwashed as well. And she was probably like, you know what? I'm tired of this. I see what's going on with Alice. And I've said this for quite some time now. And, you know, I've tried to, you know, back you up. But, you know, that's my turn for me to, you know, take take charge and me take control of my future, my destiny, my life. You know, this is my victory. So it could have been um, something like that. Or it could have just been another plot hole that was kind of written just because like okay well because we like Shelly was on his side all the way up until that point yeah and it um, was, it, that was my that's my thing like you could have had more context of why she would stab Frank okay so a couple things I must ask other questions so I thought okay maybe she knows about what's going on and she's clearly aware they're in a simulation because, you know, she sticks up for him, but that could have been, that's her husband. That's why she's sticking up for him. But I, I was thinking maybe she's like, you know what? We had a plan. You don't know how to execute it and you're pissing me off. Maybe she's, he's doing something else. So she's like, you know what? I'm just going to get rid of you, replace you as a husband. And it's my turn to do this the right way. I, as a woman can create this world and make it more efficient in a better way. Um, mm. There's a show I watch called The Wilds, and the the woman it, it's uh, have you heard of The Wilds before? I don't think so. It's on Amazon. Have you, have you heard of Yellow Jackets? It came up before Yellow Jackets, but same concept. These teen girls are on a plane, plane crashes. They have to fend for themselves. But J- Yellow Jackets takes place in in Canada, in like the woods, and uh, The Wilds takes place on an island. And anyway, these girls crash land on an island they have to fend for themselves they're teenagers and like there's all this you know bs that happens but the woman who created it is called the eve project and her overall thing is the world has been ran for has been controlled by men and look at what's going on famine disease uh war they don't know how to have a different approach however a woman can come in 
and we might have a different way of handling it. What's the harm in letting a woman try and change? So she's basically doing this this experiment to prove her point of that women uh, have a better way of approaching things. So I thought about that. I'm like, oh, this is kind of like the wilds. It's like, let me as a woman take control of this and it will run more efficiently, which that could happen. That She can take over that world, that world. And it could be done in a better way. Maybe it's more modern and it's, you're not making a man do something. You're convincing him that he should be doing it rather than it being like, a show like, Oh, he did the trash house, sweetheart versus, you know, him just naturally doing it. Like in real life, there are some men that they do these quote unquote gender norm, manly, manly things, right? I'm going to take the trash out. Oh, the toilet's broken, I'm going to fix it, or I'm going to call the plumber, blah, 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 to, to do these things, versus I feel like some modern men, they're like, okay, like, why can't you do it? Why do I have to do it? You know, the trash needs to be taken out. Why can't you, an able-bodied woman, tie the trash up and go walk it to the curb? Why do I have to do it? And and that's a debate I feel like we see all the time like on YouTube and Instagram, right? These man and men and women comparisons of gender norms. And they definitely come to play into this into this movie. Um, another thing I was thinking of is that maybe she was just tired of him controlling her. And she believes the simulation is real. She doesn't know there's a simulation. And she's just tired of her husband. And she's like, it's my turn to live my life how I want without you controlling everything that I do, how I dress, what I wear. Like, I think if they would have showed how their relationship worked, uh, let's say she's getting ready to, to for, uh, like them going out somewhere. And she has a red dress on with these heels. Her makeup's done. Her hair's done. He's like, yeah. He's, and he's like, oh, you should wear the blue. It looks better in blue. And change the eyeshadow. It's a little bit too heavy. And her say, oh, I think it's fine. And him say, that wasn't me asking. That was me telling you. And him look mm-hmm. at her in the eyes very sternly and walk away. And then she comes out in the outfit that he told her to come out in. And she's a little bit scorned. But it's still, no matter the, how you feel, you're still doing what I say. And I, I think that's how that him as a character is, how, how Frank is. Um, I'm going to double check the time. Okay, we have 15 minutes before we stop. Um, oh, I want to talk about the pills. So anytime you see a pill being taken, do you think it was to create a placebo effect or for in the real world as in their husbands getting the meds? It was probably their husbands giving the meds. Or doing some type of, because my thing is, if you give somebody a pill and they're under and they're asleep, uh, they how are they gonna swallow it? Is it exactly. just gonna is it gonna dissolve in their mouth? So it might have been, um, it could have been like meds or something like that. You never know. It could have been something where the husband was, you know, replacing an IV to keep them, you know, under. Or something like that, or drugging them, or giving them a shot, or something like that. You never know, but um, that might not even be the case. Um, it could have been, it could have been a lot of things, but I just think that the movie in itself could have done a better job of explaining all of the things that we're talking about right now, and not like leaving it up for everything up for, um, you know, just wondering. Some of it could have been, oh well, it, it was this, and it was definite. It was this. It was a, it was a, it was a lot of plot holes, but oh, 
uh, <laughs> uh, speaking of plot holes, because they, they kind of talked about it, but then they kind of backed off. Mm-hmm. So Margaret's son, was he even real? If he was real, was his death so hard on her that she couldn't be programmed to forget and is haunted by visions of her late son? Quite possible. Because if she lost her son and she just kept seeing the son, like, I just keep seeing things and it's just not right. Like, we don't know. We've never seen Margaret Margaret's glitch, right? Uh-huh. Like, you know how in some movies they show the um, Free Darling would have worked if they did, like, the, you know, the Pope fit. Right. right. Where each character, when we were focusing on their skit, Oh, yes. focusing on yes. this their story so i felt like with margaret like maybe we seen like why her glitches were happening if the movie was shot that way it probably would have been better because we were able to see how each relationship happened because i know each relationship was different allison jack was definitely different from frank and um shelly um and whoever Margaret's um, significant other was, I can't remember right now. But, but, um, he wasn't shown who, a lot. Yeah. But if we were able to see their, um, interactions and how their relationship was going, like the whole, you know, word, don't worry, darling, or the title would have shown like how men, uh, reassure a woman that you know it's it's gonna be okay, and then in a lot of ways it, it ends up not being okay, and vice versa. You know what I'm saying? Like you know if 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 there was if woman had power in this movie and they said don't worry about something, but it was actually something more than what it was. Um, I think you know the movie could have um movie could have um could have received some help if they you know did it where it wasn't just so much about Florence trying to figure out about victory because 10 minutes like you said on a trolley that's way too much time yeah because like I mean everybody has your own directing process but like I, I've, I've dabbled in writing right well, I'm gonna say dabble I do write and whenever I've written out a screenplay I write on the side of this should take X amount of time. It should, you know what I mean? Like it should play out like this should not exceed this time period because I'm thinking of, okay, if I want a movie that's an hour and a half runtime, because you want to keep the attention of people, you got to think about scenes. And then when you write something and you're done, you go back and say, okay, what's fluff? What can be taken out that doesn't add to the movie and doesn't change the plot whatsoever? Take that out. You don't need it. You're you're putting stuff in and you're making me watch something on screen that I don't that I don't need. And it, it, it doesn't it doesn't add anything. And I think sometimes people are like, oh, I need this visual. Why? Because it's a great shot. Awesome. But it doesn't add to the story. To me, a great director, for me again, a great director. When I watch your movie, every scene has a purpose. If I'm watching a movie and they zoom in on a blue sweater on the couch for, for five seconds. In my movie mind, that means something. If it never pulls up again in the movie, what the hell was the purpose? If it's not, oh, the girl that died, the, that they couldn't figure out who her murderer is, that was her blue sweater. That was the red herring that the sweater was in the apartment the whole time and the cops didn't know. Oh, okay, that makes sense. But if you're just showing me to show it, it doesn't make sense. Or if you cut other material that would have made that 
be more understandable you're shooting yourself in the foot which this movie does a lot they focus on stuff that doesn't really matter or they have the same thing like alice you know her reality breaking it's like okay i've seen her realize okay these weird things 10 times now we can stop and you can just figure out okay she's smart enough she's a surgeon let's make sure that we understand this is a smart character she should have solved this earlier like it should have been 30 minutes in boom stop she knows what's going on cool cut to them in the control room hey we gotta reset her no nah, dude we've reset her five times you're gonna really mess up her brain where she has permanent brain damage or something like they could have just done so many different things with it mm-hmm. you know I, my dad makes fun of me he's like oh you know you pick apart movies you don't know how to enjoy a movie i'm like no dad it's just that like things got to make sense and flow with a good ending. I think if my dad saw this movie, he would have been like, I have way too many questions. Like, what's the point of all this? Just to reset everything back to normal? That's the easy way to look at it. And I'm like, no, there are these holes that don't make sense because it was a good idea on day five of filming, but by day 82, they forgot what they did and they didn't remember to make, like, you know, to make it all make sense. So uh, the 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 movie kind of folds into itself where it could have been a bit better. And I've watched a lot of videos on YouTube of people talking about it, explaining it, breaking it down on their own. And for the most part, a lot of people are ragging on the movie. And it was a film that I was so excited to watch. And it upset me that it wasn't exactly what I wanted. And I'm like, I don't think this is like an artistic way to end a film or show the film. I think it's like lazy directing or not knowing what to do if you would have gave this movie to a different director a more seasoned director let's be honest because when you do any movie about time or simulations or anything with science if you don't know how that stuff works in reality it's hard to write about it or not write about it. it's hard to film it because you don't know how to do it like inception i feel like christopher nolan really wrote that and reread everything does that make sense well, how and he explained in Inception how time works. I don't, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but let's say he's like, okay, hey, uh, one minute in this dream world is is three hours in the real world. Okay, so now whenever you have another scene, there's continuity of I know how long this person has been here. This now makes sense versus watching them in the in the dream world or simulation and don't worry, darling. I have no idea how long they've actually been there does does time work the same way does time not exist like how how is that how is that working for them and I really wish it was explained a little bit more but like you said this doesn't need a, another a, a second part and I don't think there would be a second part I don't think the, all the actors will come back to do it I feel like they had all these good people and they should have utilized them and put out a more cohesive project Wow. Well, you you be breaking down movies a lot. <laughs> and I really so, feel I really feel like one of these days you're gonna be on TV breaking it down as well because yeah, I I agree with everything that you just said. Um Me? I don't I don't think that it's you picking the movie apart. Um it's just if a movie doesn't work for you, you try to find different ways for it, like to say like how it could have worked for you. Um, and not everybody is going to enjoy a movie the same way as someone else, right? Um, but you know, 
I think that a lot of people can get together and say, hey, that movie sucked or that movie was good or that movie could have been better. And I think in this instance, a lot of people felt this movie could be better. It it could have. I don't and I don't want Olivia Wall to be discouraged as a director, but I feel like uh, and then you know, like ten years from now, a younger generation could watch this movie and they'd be like, Oh, the genius that is, don't worry, darling, and it didn't get its flowers in its time period. And and that's them being that age. Like, what was it? From Dust to Dawn? Have you seen that before? Um, from Dust to Dawn, that's the one with George Clooney, Quentin Tarantino, um who else is in that film? Uh, Fred Williamson, uh, Selma Hayek, and it's like a vampire film. Mm-hmm. And so when I watched it, right, I loved the beginning with 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 Tarantino and Clooney. I loved I loved how they how they were together. These you know these Tarantino's character was like crazy or whatever um, when they kill everybody, and I liked it, right? And then the whole vampire thing came into play, and I was like, okay. And then the movie was over. And I went to my dad, and, and I was like, ah, they had me in the first half, and then they kind of like fell off. He said, you got to be kidding me. That movie was such a big deal when it came out. I said, why? He said, the the, the, the the thing that we didn't know was that it was a vampire movie. So, like, the movie completely switches. I said, let me tell you this. It does not hold up years later, in my opinion, for me as a viewer. I didn't like that. I I get the whole switching the genre in the middle, and I love how some films can do that. But it wasn't. It reminded me of, like, Barbarian. I like Barbarian. You see Barbarian? Uh, Yes. I loved it in the beginning. I'm like, ooh, what's going on? What's, what's in the house? And spoiler if you haven't seen Barbarian, but it's like, what's going on in the house? And then they finally show you, and it's just like, hold on. I was laughing. I It didn't make sense. It was like, okay, here's this hardcore opening with, uh, not Alexander Skarsgård. What's his brother's name that played it? Bill, Bill Skarsgård. Okay, right? They have him in it. Okay, this is great. Stop. Then it cuts to it's like the movie started all over again with Justin Long's character. And I love Justin Long. So I was like, yay, Justin Long. I was so excited. And then it was like, what the hell is the point of this movie? Because like his character is a freaking asshole who raped a woman. And it was like, what is the purpose of all of this? What is the purpose of Barbarian? That some weird dude in the what, 50s or 60s was kidnapping women and raping them and making them have his kids. And then and just having this whole like really weird incest pool and he dug you wouldn't believe this man dug a tunnel this deep and this far in his home where there's like door upon door upon door upon door and he's been living in here for how long what is he eating is he drinking the milk of the girl like what how was he how was he existing there was just i just like this doesn't make sense it's just it's just a well i think it would have made it would have made a lot more sense if they um, did something like it was like a compilation story, like, you know, I like horror films. Right. But, you know, some of the best ones um, a lot of times are, you know, they go straight to video. Like one that's like very, very, very underrated is VHS. If Barbarian, like I know VHS was a found footage film. Right. But if Barbarian put like the whole compilation piece that tied the story together and we know what the thing was and what the thing did over the years because when we got to it it was an airbnb uh and we didn't know like why is this the only and you know the fact is like when oh we the, got um, like we got like 30 seconds to wrap it up 
Oh yeah. So- um, Steve, I appreciate you coming on to Pineapple Reels, uh, and giving the insight that you have on Don't Worry, Darling. And you know, obviously, you are more than welcome to come back. But we gotta we gotta shorten our time, man. We we talk too much about movies. Um, oh my goodness, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm I can be long winded. I get it from my father, but uh, I really do appreciate you for inviting me on here. Um, yeah, like there are so many more movies that we can talk about, but let's let's make sure we shorten our time because I could I could do this all day. Um, Damn. might need to do a live stream. I I was like, yeah, that might that might be beneficial. Um. But yeah, if tell the listeners where they can find you at, uh, where your content is, how they can support you, all that jazz. Okay, well, the name is Steve Legacy. Um, that's my hip hop artistry name. Um, I have a lot of movie references that I do in my music, but I also go by the T H E E Real R E E L Warrior, and that's the Real Warrior. Um, and I'm just getting into the, you know, the movie critiquing thing. Um, I went to school for it, but you can follow me on Instagram at um, official Steve Legacy, and you can also follow me on Instagram for my movie critiquing page, The Real Warrior, and yeah. TikTok, right? And TikTok. Yes, and on TikTok, you can follow me at official Steve Legacy as well. There you go. We gotta get all the plugs there. Get all the get, get some likes, some more follows. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. Well, thank you, Steve. Really appreciate it. And I know that we will for sure be hearing from you again on Pineapple Reels. Definitely. Have a good one. Right, thank you, you too. Alrighty, folks, it's time for the IMDb trivia portion of Don't Worry, Darling. And I don't want to go over too many since the runtime for this episode is already pretty long. But there are some pretty cool facts on here and some are spoilers, but, you know, we already spoiled the whole movie. So Jack tells Alice to not make tuna salad for the dinner party and reacts with revulsion when Alice tells him she was planning on making it the main course. In the real world, Jack is shown subsisting on canned tuna for his meals when he has to lead the victory simulation. The song that Alice finds herself humming throughout the film, which ultimately helps her discover the truth, is an original track by Harry Styles. Olivia Wilde cited Inception and The Truman Show as influences on this film. There are many clear references to Alice in Wonderland, the main character's name being Alice, the fantasy world which she unwittingly enters into, the prominence of windows or mirrors through the looking glass, and lastly, her neighbor Bunny may be a subtle reference to the iconic white rabbit. When Alice opens Margaret's medical files, she is frustrated to find it all blacked out. This is likely due to the theory that we cannot read in a dream state. Scientists and dream experts believe that reading, writing, and most aspects of language are nearly impossible to use while dreaming. Your brain is still uh, still relatively functional while you sleep, but certain parts are far less active. The names of the couple Shelley and Frank are likely a reference to Mary Shelley and her classic novel Frankenstein. Both that book and this film are stories of a creator named Frank, whose creations escape and try to seek revenge. During the pool party scene, where Alice walks in on an argument between Margaret and her husband, a curtain is suddenly closed. While the curtain is closing, there's a split-second shot that shows Margaret in the real world laying motionless in bed with the Victory Project's VR device attached to her head. 
Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Pomba Rails. I want to say another thank you to my guest, Steve. Hopefully, we'll do another podcast in the future. I really enjoyed having you on. And I appreciate your movie insight and wisdom. Stay tuned, folks, for the next one.